Hello and welcome to the Highwood Health Show. In this episode, I am joined by Charlene Rimshaw. She is the founder of Everyday Coherence as well as the creator of the Say Goodbye to Burnout Method. Although Charlene and I recorded this interview late last year, it had been scheduled to be released on this date. Of course, back then we had no idea that we'd be in the situation we currently are with this COVID outbreak and whatnot, but it turns out to be a rather fitting conversation for these days. You see, Charlene defines burnout as a depletion of internal resources, mind, body, and spirit. And I don't know about you, but I for sure am feeling quite depleted mentally and spiritually with everything that is happening around us and the uncertainty we're surrounding it. So in this episode, Charlene and I unpack the sometimes not so obvious signs of burnout and share some tips of what we can do about it. I think many of you will find this interview quite valuable. Before we go on to today's interview, I want to remind you that this show is a labor of love, which I do in my spare time. My day job is running a company where we help doctors and other practicing health professionals become better entrepreneurs, allowing them to serve more patients and provide a better life for their families. If you're a health professional or you know of a doctor, dentist, nurse practitioner, chiropractor, or any other practicing doctor who deserves to be doing better in business, check out pgformula.com. This episode is sponsored and produced by podcastinabox.co. I remember when I first launched my podcast. You see, I had been thinking about doing it for years. I had read two books on the subject and signed up for an online course, and I still did not launch that podcast. You see, back then I was still running a busy stem cell practice, and so it was hard to find the time to start and to maintain a new project like this podcast, which is where Podcast in a Box comes in. The team at Podcast in a Box handles everything. And I mean everything that has to do with planning, launching, editing, publishing, and marketing a podcast. Because podcasting for business is not just about buying a microphone and rambling on. There is so much more than that. If you're a doctor, lawyer, accountant, business owner, or anyone looking to build a personal brand to instill trust in your clients so they will want to buy your products and services, but you don't have the time or desire to learn the technical side of podcasting, Podcast in a Box might be right for you. To find out more and see if your idea is worthy of a podcast, just head on over to podcastinabox.co and click on the appropriate button. When prompted, make sure to mention Dr. E's Highwood Health Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Now that I've thanked our sponsor, here is my conversation with Charlene Rimshaw. And remember, you are on the Highwood Health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices? cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family. Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. So Charlene, you are the creator of the Say Goodbye to Burnout Method. I am so interested to know a lot more about that. But before we do that, why don't you say hi to our listeners and share a little bit more about you and what got you into this? Sure, Dr. E. Thanks so much for having me on here. <laughs> so hello, listeners and everyone. Let's see. Gosh, I mean, I can go on a long story about what got me here, right? But I, in my own wellness journey, I really realized through gaining my own sense of joy and relaxed aliveness, I went, you know what? I want to be able to provide tools and help people so they can find their own sense of wellness, because I believe we're on this planet for a certain amount of time, at least in this lifetime, and we all deserve a really good quality of life. 
And so I ended up deciding to go to social work school, getting my master's degree in that, kind of heading down the avenue of therapy. Although even when I went to graduate school, it was probably the most socially normative thing I'd ever done in my adult life. I sort of knew I was going to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. And that's when I decided to create my own business called Everyday Coherence to really help people start to create that clear communication, the coherence of mind, body, and the energetic body of spirit to really find that sense of wholeness and that whole well-being. I see. And how long ago was that? Well, let's see. I started my business actually about one year ago now. Okay. Okay. And what is the main focus of this business? I mean, you talk about a whole host of different things, but really if you had to kind of like narrow it down, what do you think would be kind of like the main objective here? Well, excellent question. And that's where as a business owner, right? Kind of realizing, okay, what clients, who would benefit the most from the work that I do? And right now I realize that it is the modern a uh, plague that I, you know, that's burnout. You know, we live in a culture of burnout and that is a complete depletion of internal resources, mind, body, spirit. And so that's really my main focus is really helping people to overcome burnout so they can then really connect and live a fulfilling life connected to themselves as well as to other people. And interestingly enough, when I started my business, I didn't know I was going to be specializing in burnout my clients actually taught me what I was going to specialize in. Because living here in New York City, I had people coming from lots of like PR firms, startups. I've definitely worked with parents and stuff like that. But especially initially, it was people coming in from really fast-paced, rather chaotic work environments that were coming to me to receive kind of that sense of relief and holistic health. And I realized very quickly, oh, these people are burnt out. Got it. So it got me to really realize, you know, okay, this right now anyways, is the population where I'm going to be able to best serve people. For sure. I think burnout is something that is incredibly prevalent in our modern society. And it's getting even more and more prevalent. And I have my own theories, but I would like to hear yours as an expert in this matter. Why do you think that we're seeing so much burnout? Yeah, I think everything is just tend to be getting more fast paced, right? With the internet and with the automation of stuff and how things are so easily accessible and that there's, you know, overload of information, overload of accessibility, right? So it used to be that you go to work <laughs> and at the end of the day, you go home and then you live the rest of your life. But now that we're accessible on the phone and on social media, there's less of a chance to be able to actually turn off. That's where I believe a lot of it really is, kind of like the hyper productivity, the hyper connectivity, and just this continued building mindset of, I need to be always producing. I need to be creating something of value, you know, that's tangible for me to be able to be like a worthy person. And again, when you would leave work and go home and close the door behind you, you were like living your life with your family or whoever, you know, pretty much in privacy. But social media now, right, especially for a lot of the clients that I work with that are in the millennial age of 25 to 38 or so, and also other age groups, there's a very much that pressure to curate your private life on social media. So there's that continued pressure of always kind of being perfect and always on. So do you think it has more to do with that 
constant challenge of doing worthy things in a way and worthy, I say, quote unquote, is that kind of your reasoning behind why we're seeing so much burnout recently? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think at the ultimate root of so much, <laughs> whether it's burnout or depression or anxiety or whatever kind of, you know, mental health, as well as other kind of like social ills in our society, a lot of it is related to, it comes down to that we are human beings, right? And we were born into this world. And by age seven, many of our core beliefs were already created, right? Before we even had a voice or an opinion of our own. And so, and a lot of that somewhere along the way, most of us, I don't know a single person that made it through those first seven years without on some level feeling not good enough in some way. So as we're growing older, right, we want to feel valuable. We want to feel loved, certainly internally, but also reaching out externally. So there's that piece of continuously seeking that validation of, yeah, of being okay, being loved, being lovable. And these days, I think especially it's tied to productivity and doing and really curating that aesthetically perfect and beautiful life. I've discussed that with some of our other guests here in the show, but I think that one of the main reasons why we're seeing a lot of burnout and we're seeing it more. And before it used to be something like of certain professions that were constantly on, you know, or, or a lot of stress. But I think that we're seeing a lot of burnout now because we don't know how to turn ourselves off at certain points and just be off and be with ourselves and be with our thoughts. Because then again, what happens is that if you don't have those moments where you're off and where you're no longer like paying attention to your cell phone or paying attention to this other thing or being distracted and just recharging really, then you also the next day you don't produce as much. So all of these people who are focused on producing and they're working seven days a week and they're going to the office, they're also the ones that are the least productive ones that are there because they spend a lot of time there, but they're not really producing. They have so many distractions that they think that while at work, they still need to be on top of their Facebook and they still need to be on top of their Twitter and they still need to be on top of whatever their kids are having at school and they still need to be on top of all these things. So they're never either fully on and they're never either fully off. We're trying to juggle everything all the time. And is this something that kind of resonates with your way of seeing this or am I off here in, in some way? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I completely agree with you that we've really trained our bodies and our minds and our nervous systems on being on the go all the time, right? And multitasking to the nth degree and believing that, you know, multitasking is the way to do it. And I'm sure you're aware, right, that in our brains, our brains, they don't multitask. We toggle between the different tasks and then become less good, so to speak, at all of them and creates added stress and all of that kind of stuff. And so definitely, and as I was saying earlier, right, with social media and just the accessibility that we have to each other all the time on the internet, on our phones, etc. There's no defined boundary of when I'm at work, when I'm at home, when I'm here, when I'm there kind of a thing that perpetuates that sense and that urgency and that need to be always on, right? And so the idea of actually taking rest or taking time for yourself can actually be very anxiety provoking for a lot of people. Like what? You mean I'm supposed to sit around for 10 minutes and do nothing, right? And so there's sort of this disconnect and not an understanding that like, 
that could actually be beneficial for you. And actually, that may be the answer to you being able to be more productive at work, more present with your children, you know, able to kind of get stuff done. So with that, I look at it as very much a positive aspect. I always tend to look at, you know, the glasses uh, half full kind of a thing is the win-win situation is when you can start practicing taking little mini breaks throughout the day or taking a little bit of time for yourself, right? You not only can feel better, like feeling more rested, relaxed, kind of a little bit more restored, you actually produce higher quality stuff, right? You're better at your job. You're better at your parenting. You're better at all this other stuff. So when that mindset shift can happen and when you can start practicing that on a daily basis, so it isn't just lip service, but you're actually knowing it, the feedback loop in the mind and body is like, oh yeah, all right, wait a minute. I'm feeling more clear-headed. My body's feeling more relaxed and I'm just kind of kicking butt all the way around. Yes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then you also allow yourself after a day like that to switch off and say, you know what? I did a lot because there's always going to be more work to be done. We're never going to finish everything that has to be done or that could be done. So one of the things that you began this conversation saying was that back in the day, and I'm not even talking that long ago, maybe 25, 30 years ago, when you left the office, you left the office. And sure, you heard of those super workaholics who took work home with them, right? And they would arrive with their briefcase and a couple of papers and continue working at home. But most people didn't. And now it's really most people do because they don't leave their cell phone behind and they have these notifications and they have this belief that they need to reply to all those things. So they also don't have time to recharge. And I say this in a way also for those who could be listening, who maybe they have people that they manage and maybe they have employees and maybe they have people working for them or with them to also respect these boundaries for them. You know, when I hear of somebody saying that they're on vacation, but they're still getting emails from their boss, my question is twofold. Number one, doesn't your boss know that you're on vacation? Why is he still emailing you? And number two, don't you know you're on vacation? Why the hell are you still checking it? Yes, absolutely. So I'm hearing a couple of different things there, right? And I totally agree with you. So yeah, some of the people that I work with, which is really wonderful, are managers that come to me, yes, for themselves, but they're like, I actually want to be a better manager to my employees. I don't want my stress or my ideals to, uh, you know, my mindset around producing or whatever, be hampering them or making them more stressed, right? So really, the boundaries need to be like set also not just personally, but within like the cultural aspects of the business for sure. I definitely couldn't agree with you more. The other interesting thing about say being on vacation, why are we checking our emails, right? Is we have forgotten what it feels like and how to take a break and rest when we're burnt out, right? So that's where there's the danger of, oh, you know, and I'm fine. I'll just rest when I'm on vacation or there's articles out there Uh, well-meaning articles that say, you know, take a vacation, beat burnout by taking a vacation. And so like on my social media posts and the people I speak with, I'm like, no, yes, it's right. It's like, yes, vacations are wonderful and they can help to prevent burnout, but they are not the cure for burnout, right? Especially if you're just go, 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 right? And then you're on vacation and then your body's vibrating and you're anxious and you're like, well, what do I do with myself, right? And then it kind of 
sends extra messages towards your brain of, gosh, I'm doing this wrong, or what am I doing in my life? You know, just, it can really compound stuff. So I want people to understand that, well, one, they're not broken, they're just burnt out. <laughs> and two, that taking a vacation is not the only answer, is not the answer to burnout recovery. Especially when you're a busy mom, right? Because taking a vacation and now it means that you have to be a mom 24-7 during that week. And most of the time, a lot of the moms that I met, and I think back to when I was a child and you know, with my siblings, it was three boys growing up. And my mom, the hardest she ever worked and the most probably burnt out that she ever was, was during vacation. Because now you have to do those things. So whomever approached her and said like, oh, you know what you need? You need vacation probably would have earned this lap in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, let's switch gears a little bit here. What do you think or what do you suggest are the first couple of steps, not steps, but the first couple of signs that someone is heading towards being burnout? Yeah. So it's interesting with burnout is it definitely shows up for each person in unique ways. So there's no absolute checklist of like, oh, I have burnout yet. But definitely, I would say certainly the exhaustion piece, right? You're feeling tired throughout the day when you wake up in the morning, not feeling refreshed. And then lowered concentration, inability to focus on tasks is really huge. And it also, again, it depends on the person and the personality, you know, so I'll just use myself for a moment as an example, when I had some like mild to moderate burnout during graduate school was I realized that I was burning out when I was finding myself having a totally short fuse and getting like angry at the silliest stuff. Like I knocked over a glass in the kitchen and I was pissed at myself or like there was someone sitting next to me on the subway and I was irritated by them just sitting next to me. And these are not part of my general nature at all. You know, I usually would have like laughed at like, you know, the glass falling over, like, oh, silly that, you know, moving on and not even given a thought about the person next to me. So I think a lot of it is related to that self-awareness of knowing like, you know, how I normally conduct my day and connect my business. And then when things start to kind of shift and get heightened related to say like anger or cynicism or suddenly hating your job, or like I said, feeling more tired than usual, lacking the focus are some really, you know, big ones to look out for. And definitely, like I was saying, and I'll just repeat myself, just to repeat myself is really, it comes down to, a, you know, it's very personal and being able to recognize for yourself of, Oh, wait a minute. I am definitely more irritable or whatever it is, which can be a tricky piece too, because it can come on slowly and you sort of forget the person that you were before. Well, now there's also the people around you who can remind you. Uh, I mean, it happened to me a couple of years ago and it was mostly who's now my wife and we were dating back then living together. And that was exactly it. It was like, you know what? Very, very short fuse, very short tempered. I, we were doing this whole dumb veganism thing, which also wasn't helping in our moods. But in reality, I think that one of the most important, not triggers, but one of the most important ways of telling is with, you know, the people around you. And they're the ones, I mean, a lot of times it's also hard for them because like she said, it was like walking on eggshells, right? But if you realize that people are tiptoeing around you, that might be a sign as well that you may need to <laughs> cool down a little bit, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I really appreciate what you're saying, right? It's having like true friends and family members and loved ones that are just able to step into that discomfort and lovingly share with you their observations. 
right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's the way to put it. Lovingly share their observations. And, and <laughs> because right there, I mean, when you're in that position, it is so easy to feel attacked. It is so easy to feel like this additional vulnerability that you really, you know, you don't even know where it comes from, right? It's just the tiniest of comments and you just boom, blow up. So yeah, that happens a lot. Now, in your experience, what is the burnout recovery process like? So walk us through what would be regular recovery process. And I want to call it recovery. I don't even know if that's what you call it. but Yeah, I do call it the recovery process. And so the way that I do it, the way that I do it in my say goodbye to burnout method, it's definitely rather immersive and it's step-by-step and very experiential because we can talk all about burnout. We can talk all about, oh, it's good to meditate. It's good to do all these things. You know, we know intellectually that meditation is probably going to be good for you, right? But at the end of the day, if you're not experiencing it, then it's just that. It's just talk. So burnout recovery, even prior to, say, starting my program or whatever it is, would be related to a mindset shift. Truly saying, you know what? I'm burnt out. Therefore, I need, in order to get healthy, to make a mindset shift to where I value rest just as much as productivity, and then start making conscious choices about how you think, how you feel, and how you act related to this new priority around rest. And then once you do start to make some of those lifestyle shifts and changes, such as adding a five-minute meditation in the morning, making sure that you do eat lunch so you're not only taking a break for lunch, but you're getting the nutrients into your system, that when you notice that you're having a really like bashing yourself negative self-talk moment, having a thoughtful moment of really being kind to yourself and giving yourself a bit of gratitude for showing up that day. So just, you know, throwing out a couple of little tangible examples, right, of how to start shifting the mind, the body, or yes, the mind and the body, but also the thoughts, the emotions, and the actions in that direction. So you can truly, you know, take the ideas, the mindset into the everyday life kind of a thing. And so a big piece of what I also really recommend for people is something that I call productive rest. And part of what, honestly, why I call it productive rest is people burnt out typically love to be productive, right? So it's helpful to have something to do when you're learning how to rest. And so oftentimes it's related to mindfulness practices that are related to the body, creating body awareness practices. So you have something to do. Your mind is somewhere. It's focused on somewhere. So on some levels, it's almost tricking the brain into thinking it's doing something productive, right? That's kind of the first step. The second step is once you've started doing that on a regular basis, really doing mindfulness practices to slow your mind and your body down to the present moment, then you'll start to notice that, oh, my body feels calmer. My thoughts are quieter, right? And through that self-reflection process, you go, well, that's incredibly productive, right? Like, I just, through this little bit of mini breaks throughout each day over the last couple of weeks, I now feel so much better and so much more available to myself and others. So it's like, if we really want to look at it from like that production outcome oriented piece, over a bit of time, it does reveal to you like, oh yes, rest is valuable, which gets us back to the first piece of the mindset of being able to shift it. First, you got to shift it and just sort of like trust it and believe it and take the actions towards it. 
until your body and your mind really start to recognize it as your truth because it's not just lip service, it's the experience thing. Yeah, it is exactly what happens. I think that from what you just shared, there are a lot of things that maybe in a completely different process, but that I have personally adopted with those coaching clients that I have, we've also kind of like put into place. And it's definitely that mindfulness, that awareness of what we're doing, of respecting our rest periods. And just like you said, of understanding that you do those or you take those rest periods in order to be more productive, in order to not have to spend 10 hours at the office the next day. When I, when I hear people say like, well, I spent 10 or 12 hours at work, it's like, well, you must be doing something wrong because you're not supposed to be there for so long. What if you could do it in four hours and then you have the rest of the day? Because the funny thing is when you talk to people like that, and I work a lot with doctors, uh, we have also another business where we help them with their branding and their marketing and how to run their business basically. And I talk to a lot of them and I say, how many hours are you spending in your practice every week? And some of them say a hundred hours. And I said, okay, so if we taught you how to be able to get the results that you're currently getting in your practice in 50 hours instead of a hundred hours, what would you do with the rest of the time? And they say, I'd see twice as many patients. And I'm like, you're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> so so we need we need to start a little bit further back with them, right? But what I'm trying to say is that if we start respecting our rest, we can function at a much higher level afterwards. And same thing with sleep. And sleep is a difficult one. And I'm sure you touch upon that at some point, correct? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What are the big challenges that you probably have with these like overachieving clients that you probably have in terms of talking to them about sleep and the importance of sleep? I actually don't have tremendous amount of challenges only because, again, I offer a lot of practical exercises that teach them to really connect to their bodies, get out of their heads, to get out of their thoughts, to get out of all of this thinking stuff, to almost like suspend, at least when you're working with me during this time frame, right? Suspend your beliefs around sleep and how much you need and, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And, you know, and we also, of course, certainly there's one module where we really work with unhelpful beliefs and, you know, learn how to kind of shift and, and move those around. So kind of the great news for me is that once someone has committed and decided to work in my program, they're really ready. They're like, okay, Let's do this. So we've actually gotten past a lot of the obstacles around that. Good. Yeah, because when you realize that, you know, in so many respects, but in order to have a great day, a great day starts the night prior, you know, when you start preparing for sleep. Because one of the mistakes that many of us make is that we used to just go to bed at the end of our activities, at the end of finishing everything else, of scrolling through Facebook, of doing all these different things. And we're not really ready to sleep. That's why we spend so much time tossing and turning, or we simply don't sleep well, don't get restful sleep. And that happens a lot. And I can totally hear the kind of clients that you have and the kind of mentality that I had at one point that I said, oh, no, no, I can totally function in five hours. I've been doing that for years and I'm fine. And in reality, I wasn't fine, but I didn't realize it. I thought it was okay that I could actually do it. And then when you realize that, okay, if I need to sleep eight hours and I want to wake up at, let's say, eight, well, I need to be asleep by midnight period. And in order to be asleep by midnight, I need to start cooling down and calming down by around 1030. I can't just finish scrolling Facebook at 1155 and then just pretend to go to sleep. And there are so many other things that we've been adopting. And I wanted to know what was your experience 
with coaching people through burnout in these regards. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, right? That getting a good night's sleep starts the night before for sure. And yeah, it can be really tricky, especially because there's an addiction. There's an addiction to scrolling through, you know, Facebook or, you know, these days with Netflix and being able to just binge watch like show after show after show. And they're like, in five seconds, the next show is going to come on kind of a thing, right? Which of course is different than even 10 years ago or 15 years ago when, you know, you could watch one show and you had to wait the next week or whatever it is, right? So it's sort of, it definitely created that habitual piece of, oh, I'm just going to keep consuming and consuming. And on some level, there's some level of comfort there, right? Like it's there for a reason. We don't just do stuff because there's no reason, right? So on some level, it pacifies or almost quiets the mind. So that's, I think, the piece with a lot of my clients is learning how to quiet that mind chatter at night right before they go to bed. And for many people getting, you know, quieting that mind chatter either means scrolling through Facebook, binge watching, you know, Netflix, having three glasses of wine, you know, or whatever it is. Definitely drinking can be a huge pacifier at the end of the day of, you know, I had one client that said, my only hobby, she's like, I used to love to dance. And now my only hobby is drinking wine. And she's like, that was her big wake up call of like, okay, I got to do it differently. Right. So really, it comes down to for a lot of my clients, most of my clients really is about quieting the mind before they go to bed. And so one of the pieces of the work that I do is I each week I have a new restorative yoga posture that they that they lay down on and, and you know, they're on, they drape pillows underneath them. So nobody needs to even have taken a yoga class or have any proper yoga props. It's about using what you have in your house already. And laying down, like allowing yourself to just drape over that. And then they listen to a, you know, a guided meditation that I lead them through for about 15 to 17 minutes. And each week it's related to that particular learning module kind of a thing. And so that's one of the really key components of the program is at the end of the day before they go to bed, right? Maybe around 1030, as you were saying, right? As part of the slowing down process is doing something for themselves like that, that really calms and quiets the nervous system, quiets the mind and allows them to go, oh, I don't need to then look at my Facebook and scroll through. They still might want to, right? I still might want to. No, absolutely. We're all guilty. But then knowing, like being able to then make that conscious decision and being like, you know what? My mind's quieter. I don't need to go scrolling through Facebook now. I am now going to go to bed. I've actually started adopting something that I learned in a coaching program called the digital sunset, right? So once the sun's down, your devices are down. So that's it. No more cell phone, no more iPad, no more laptop, no more nothing. And it's been working really well because it's not only, I mean, you can talk about the stimuli and the blue light and some of the interviews that I conduct right now in Spain. So some of the interviews that I do take, especially with people in the West Coast, for instance, they go late into the night. Like the last couple of nights have been finishing at 1130 at night, 1230 at midnight or one in the morning even. And most of those interviews, I'm wearing my blue light blocking glasses, right? To kind of like mitigate all those things. But it's also the stimuli. The funny thing is that now when I finish these interviews and it happened, for instance, just a couple of days ago, and I walked back home. When I got there, I walked inside. I said hi to my wife and everything. She was already fast asleep just to let her know that I was there. But I still needed that time to wind down. I still needed that time to, you know, those 15, 20, 30 minutes to kind of like cool down and end the day. 
that I had just spoken to four different people or five different people in some great conversations, pretty much like this one. And it's a lot of stimuli. So since I've been adopting that digital sunset thing, it's helped me tremendously because then you're no longer getting that additional stimuli and you are out of your head, as you said earlier. So you're able to kind of like cool down and be with your thoughts. And I've learned how to be bored again, because that's something that I had totally forgotten. (laughs) Totally. Yes. You know, it's an interesting thing. Just yesterday, I was speaking with a client and he was saying, you know what? I've just learned how to embrace being bored. And he's like, you know what? I kind of like it. I'm quieter. (laughs) And it opens him up, right, to actually then be able to experience stuff, right? It's not this overstimuli all the time where everything just becomes sort of like muffled in the noise, but being able to then go, okay, wow, this is exciting or this is going on kind of thing to really embrace and appreciate it. Yeah. And a lot of the things we're just consuming things. So we're no longer creating our own thoughts because when you're on social media, you are consuming somebody else's. And sure, you produce at some point and somebody else will consume those. But in reality, you're never, you don't stop and think, which is something that a lot of times, I mean, think about it. You stand in line at Starbucks and you pull out your phone and it's a 20 second standing there but you pull out your phone or you go to the bank or you go anywhere, the grocery store, and you see people on their phones all the time because we don't know how to be bored for 15 seconds. Yep, true. And yes, and it goes so along with, we don't know how to be bored, but also it's like the piece of avoiding any uncomfortable feelings, right? Loneliness or some kind of sadness that might come over or even like extra stimuli of excitement and joy can feel like too much because any amount of strong emotion can feel like a lot. And so we as humans want to, you know, avoid pain, especially, you know, like emotional pain. And so we've been really trained to, as soon as these feelings that are kind of uncomfortable come up, then, oh, grab my phone or, oh, I'm waiting in line. So that's when the creeping thoughts about my ex come into my head. And now I'm feeling this heavy heart or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, oh, I know what to do. The brain knows what to do. It just picks up the phone and then it sends a message. Oh, I'll fix. All we got to do is pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's unlearning that. Well, that is the number one step. Absolutely. And we've spoken so far about burnout. And most of the time, or at least from what we've spoken so far, it is around work and productivity. But and we mentioned this a little bit before we started the interview. And something that in my experience happens a lot or that we've seen a lot, especially with certain kinds of families. But what is the difference between the kind of burnout that a busy executive and overachieving type of executive experiences and the one that, for instance, a mom can experience? Because we see that a lot as well, like at home. You don't just get burnout from being at work, right? Absolutely. So I will say that I'm not an expert in mommy burnout or parent burnout, right? I've worked with some parents that work and of course are raising their kids. So I am by no means an expert when I make my statement here. But what I think is really important to recognize is that burnout is not just about the work that you're doing or even the culture of what's happening in the workplace, right? It's much more that we as a society now very much live in a culture of burnout, whether you are a top executive, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you are, I don't know, a musical artist. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing like, you know, whoever it is and what you are, right? And whether it's related to your work or not, 
there's still, it's become, there's this sense, right? And I think a lot of it, not, not all of it, but kind of like we're talking about with the phones and stuff like that, right? It's like whether you're at home or whether you're at work or whatever it is, there's all of this stimuli happening. And so it's really trained our bodies and minds to just be on all the time. And then we can pacify it by reaching for that phone and it's always on kind of a thing. And we've sort of lost the ability to really rest and to really value and honor that rest. Exactly. Yeah, because that's what we were saying earlier, remember, that I told you that a lot of the times people deal with burnout by simply quitting their job. But how's a mother going to quit her kids or how are they going to quit their family? And it's also something that is not going to stop at any point. There's not an end in sight. It's not like, well, as soon as tax season's over, then it'll cool down. As soon as this happens, then it'll cool down. It's like, no, there's different stages and you're looking at it for 18, 20, 25 years in some cases, right? Absolutely. And that's actually where I would almost say that parents have the benefit there related to healing. And I'll only say it like this because it's so easy for us to trick our brains into thinking, oh, I won't feel burnt out once tax season's over, or once I finish this project, I will sleep, or once I do this. But it's really just a way of tricking our brains and rationalizing that relief is in the future, right? But then once you get there, and as we were saying earlier in the programming, right, once you get there, then there's a new project or a new task. And even if there isn't a new task, your mind and your body are so busy valuing or like, you know, expecting that stimuli, then, then what? Now what? What is my life? What's the purpose? Oh my God, right? <laughs> you know, like, so it's definitely not so much about what's going on around you. It's about how you are responding to that external stimuli. Exactly. Exactly. How is it affecting you and how are you responding to it? I couldn't agree more. Now, before we wrap this episode up, there's something that I always ask most of our guests. And I say most because sometimes I forget. But when I don't, I always ask them to give us their top two or three actionable, and the keyword here is actionable, recommendations or pieces of advice that they can give someone who's listening to us right now, whom in this case, they start feeling like, oh my God, you know what? That totally resonated with me. I think I'm heading to burnout or I'm totally burned out. And it, you know, Charlene's got so much great info and I just definitely want to get started with something like that. What would be your top two or three recommendations for that person? Yeah. So in some ways we've actually really spoken of some of them, right? Is really, even though it's not like super actionable right in this moment, is that mindset shift of being like, okay, I'm on the cusp of burnout. I'm totally burning out. Yeah, I do need to do it differently. I do need to shift out of just placing all of my value and just the value and purpose into go, go, go and recognizing that I need to balance that with taking care of myself and resting, right? And then choosing ways to do that. And it can be very personal. I suggest that if we do like the exercise, for example, do something that you like, do something that's fun. Don't go and do something because you have to, I gotta have to exercise now. <laughs> like maybe take a dance class or go roller skating or whatever it is, right? So it can be a very personal thing, but really choose to do something for yourself that is not related to work, that does not necessarily have an outcome or produce something other than you did it just for you. So I'd say that that's the first piece, right? And then definitely being in your body more, just period. We tend to enter well, life in general, because again, the boundaries between work and outside of life, and then, you know, mommies don't necessarily have, you know, that boundary is we tend to live in our heads, 
right? And kind of forget that our bodies exist, except when they're in pain or except when we had to like drag them to the gym to make sure that they stay fit or whatever it is. And so by being able to first, first off, like make your body an ally instead of like this annoying thing that, that gets your head around because, you know, the intellect is so supreme kind of a thing. So that's also another mindset shift of recognizing, okay, yeah, my head, I've got some intelligence in my brain, my body is also really intelligent. And so being able to slow down and do different body-based meditations, such as like maybe go on headspace and do a body scan, or actually I'm going to say for, for on my website, I have a really wonderful four free 20 minute yoga nidra, which is basically a laying down guided meditation that teaches your body and your, yes, your immune system, but your nervous system to really relax. So doing stuff to really honor your body is really important. And then one more thing, we're probably running out of time, is something that I call the HBR. So the head to body ratio. It's a way for us who are brain centric, which is basically everyone that is very busy thinking to be able to go, okay, on the fly, in the moment can take less than 30 seconds. How much of me is living in my head right now? And how much of me is living in my body right now? And so, you know, it's not a mathematical equation or like a perfect answer. It's really an awareness practice, right? So a common one is like, oh yeah, I'm in my head. So 80 in my head, 20 in my body. And just being able to do the HBR a couple times throughout the day, takes less than 30 seconds. It starts to just build that connection between mind and body and the reminder of, oh, I have a body and oh, wow, I am very much in my head right now. And not to judge it and, and be like, I'm such an idiot for not being in my body, right? But just, you know, the awareness of it of going, oh, interesting. It's likely that that'll start to shift at times. Sure, you'll be in your head a lot of the time, but you might realize, oh my goodness, I'm 60, 40. Okay. So those are some, hopefully those seem like actionable steps for the listeners. They are very, I mean, just being aware and recognizing it, those are super important. And then being able to do a meditation, I think it, it doesn't get any more actionable than that. I think the only challenge with meditation is that if somebody's listening to this and they're already burned out, they probably will want to do the best kind of meditation. So what's the strongest kind of meditation? What's the And the most important thing here, and I always say this when I have a chance, the thing about meditation is there's no better way to do it. There's no stronger way to do it. There's nothing like that. You just need to do it. And you're not going to do it right. And you're not going to not think about anything else. The whole point is for you to try to not think of anything else, but you will still think of other things. That's why some exercises like Headspace, I use Headspace all the time. And I think that those guided meditations are really, really good because they guide you. They're telling you what to kind of like be thinking about and where to be directing your mind. So it's very, very helpful. It's really hard for somebody to someday say, well, I'm going to sit down and meditate for 45 minutes and I've never done it in my life, but I'm sure I'll be able to quiet my mind because then you're setting yourself up for failure. But you can say, you know what, there's three minute exercises there. There's a one minute exercise there. And it's just about being aware. And like you said, just noticing and recognizing these things and taking that time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's super important. Agreed. And yeah, and related to what you just said, absolutely. Right. Is going into it of like, ah, well, I might suck at meditation and that's okay. Right. Like not having set expectations for yourself. And of course, as you were saying, right, a lot of people with burnout, you know, they want to make sure that they're doing it perfectly. Right. And it's like, nope. It's definitely not about perfect, doing perfect. It's just about doing it, right? 
And the other piece that I think is so important, I, I really advocate in general is it's less about how long you're doing the practice, right? Is it a 20 minute meditation? Is it a 45 minute meditation? Is it a one minute meditation? As long as you're doing it consistently daily and maybe even throughout the day. So I really advise what I call mini breaks. They can be one to five minutes, two to three times a day, even just like looking up from your desk and rolling your shoulders, right? That could be one mini break. It's just cutting that continuity of just staring at your computer and being in your head. So just 30 seconds to one minute, a couple times a day can start to really work wonders for moving out of chronic stress and burnout. There you go. So there's more than enough actionable steps. So Charlene, before we say goodbye, I do want to acknowledge you for the kind of work that you do. I think that a lot of the time, the work that a lot of people in the health fields, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like a medical field, but anyone whose work is dedicated to helping people become better, live healthier lives, lead longer lives, be happier and more fulfilled. I think it also needs to be recognized. And I know that for those of us in this field, just seeing how we can have an impact on another person is more than enough of a reward. But I still do want to take the moment and acknowledge you for that and recognize you for the work you do. So thank you so much for doing that. Hmm, Dr. E, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's important for us that, that help others and serve just like with our, for me, with my clients with burnout, it's like, yes, like give and receive, make sure that I prioritize myself and my health as well. So thank you for validating what I do. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Before we say goodbye, yeah. where can people find out more about you? You teased us about uh, meditation on your website. So where's that? Oh, yes, I sure did. So it's on my website, everydaycoherence.com. And that's where you can find resources and videos. That's the homepage. So you can click around and see some of the different articles that I'm featured in and just, you know, gain a little bit more information related to burnout. You can also book a free call with me. I do free 45 minute coaching calls to get people kind of really understanding what's going on for them, what their burnout, how it's showing up and how they can kind of move out of that direction. I'm also on Instagram at Everyday Coherence. And if you want to find me on LinkedIn, I'm there with my name, Charlene Rimsha. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Now, talking about teasing as well, I know that you've been working on a book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just starting it, which is very exciting. And let's see, um, it's with Quarto Publishing. And so we've been working together and I love my editor. It's my first book ever. So it's exciting to have an editor and be writing this amazing book about burnout. So I can really start helping people, not just you know through coaching, but actually being able to offer this book that people can read anytime, anywhere. Perfect. Perfect. Well, there you have it, everyone. For everyone listening, you know that just as usual, you can find all the links to everything that Charlene just mentioned. They're going to be in the episode description. If you're watching this on YouTube, you just scroll down and you'll see them there. If you're listening to this as a podcast, as soon as you pull over, if you're driving, you can check your app and you scroll to the episode description as well. You'll find the links there. You'll find links to our show notes and to everything else that we've discussed. One final, final question before we leave that you have a good time here on the Highway to Health. <laughs> I had a great time here on the Highway to Health. Thank you. I hope you did as well. Did you have a good time? <laughs> oh, I had a terrific time. I love having <laughs> interviews with amazing people like you. And I'm sure that everyone listening to us as well. So for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. 
Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. What was your favorite takeaway? Tag me on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think. And by the way, remember that you can find the links to everything we discussed in this episode in the show notes. You scroll down to this episode's description on your podcast app and tap on the appropriate link. Speaking of links, Charlene graciously shared with you, our listener, some cool freebies. You can find all of them at dre.show forward slash 056. There, you'll find the link to a free coaching call with her, which you should definitely consider. Also available is her free Yoga Nidra, which is a digital download. And lastly, you can see all the details and cool gifts that she's put together for the launch of her book, Beating Burnout, A Holistic Self-Care Guide to Being Present, Fulfilled, and Happy. All of that is on the show notes page at dre.show forward slash 056. And before you go, remember to check out podcastinabox.co for all your podcasting needs. If you are a busy entrepreneur looking to grow a personal brand and instill trust in your clients, there is no better way to do it than with a podcast. To learn how the team at Podcast in a Box can help you do just that, simply head on over to podcastinabox.co and find out more. Oh, and if you already have a podcast but find it hard and time-consuming to keep up, they can help with that as well. Just head on over to podcastinabox.co and let them know that Dr. E sent you. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Charlene Rimsha and Dr. E talk about burnout. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you here next week. And remember, you're on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.